Welcome to the GPC Youth Podcast. This is the official podcast for student ministry at Grace Presbyterian Church in the Woodlands, Texas. Our hope at GPC Youth is that we can be a place where students can get connected in the fellowship of believers, receive the truth of the gospel, and be equipped to engage our community with the love of Christ. For more information about our church and how you can get involved, please visit www.gracewoodlands.org. Thanks for listening. We're going to be going over a couple passages today, and these passages are of Paul and how he speaks about people who are sharing the gospel. The emphasis of this lesson today is on truth and about accuracy of the gospel. Um, And this is very important. It's something that today a lot of times is not stressed as being that important. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, a little bit further. But a lot of times it's, it's easy to just, you know, say, well, if that's true for you, then that's okay. Or that's close enough to the truth to where it's, we'll call it truth. Um, but today we're going to look at, at Paul's reaction um, to people who are, who are preaching the gospel. Um, and we'll see how, just how important um, truth and accuracy are um, to, to Paul when it comes to the gospel. Um, so this first passage that we're going to read here is Philippians 1, uh, verse 15 through 18. It says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So the context here is, is Paul's in prison, and there are these people walking around, and, and they're jealous of Paul. They're kind of, they're other, um, they're, they're other people who are, are Christians, but they're, um, they're kind of rivals to Paul. Um, Paul's obviously very popular, so popular that he's in prison right now. And so these other guys are, are, are preaching the gospel, but it's out of, it's out of envy and, and kind of malice and trying, trying to kind of like take the upper hand from Paul. Um, so, so clearly there's some personal differences between Paul and these people who are preaching the gospel. Um, and it's easy to say that, that there were things about these people who were preaching that were not good. They had sin in their hearts. And so, you know, Paul clearly doesn't like these people. They're against Paul. They're hurting Paul. Um, and they've got some sin in them. So, so you'd think that Paul would be against these preachers. But actually, he's the opposite. And the reason why is because they can agree on what is important. These people, no matter what sin is in their hearts, and no matter their, their reason, their motive for preaching the gospel, they're still preaching the gospel accurately. And Paul realizes this. And so in that, he says he can rejoice. He's not rejoicing in the sin that's going on in their life. He's not approving of the sin that is in their hearts. But what he is saying is, Really, the, the important thing is that the gospel is being shared, and that I can rejoice in. Um, so he takes that approach of kind of grace towards some things, though he's not approving, but he doesn't really, 
He's not letting the sin that he sees affect the, the content of the message that they bring. And now we're going to look over at Galatians, uh, where there's a similar thing going on here, um, except it's, it, there's some similarities and there's some differences. And I'm just going to go ahead and read it real quick, and then we'll talk a little about it. Starting in Galatians 1, verse 6, it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If we're still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So this is slightly different context um, than the Philippians passage. But again, it's Paul talking about somebody who is preaching a gospel to the people. Before, Paul had personal problems with the people who were preaching the gospel. But he put those personal problems aside because the content of the message was true. And Paul finds that it, Paul finds that very important. If the content of the message is true, then he can get behind that. But here's a different scenario. These are the people in the church of Galatia, and what's happening here is you have these Judaizers who are coming into this church, um, a church that that Paul had given them the, them the gospel. And what they're doing is they're coming in and they're saying, yes, Paul gave you the gospel. We are also giving you the gospel. This is gospel. And then they proceed to say something that is not gospel. They say something that is different than what Paul said to them before, but they call it gospel. Okay. Um, Paul, unlike how he talked about the, the man in Philippians, here Paul is angry. Um, he's astonished, in fact. Um, he's angry that, that this person is coming in and preaching something that is slightly different than what he preached. Um, see, the emphasis here in these two passages is on truth. It's on accuracy when it comes to the gospel. And this is so important. Um, and today, it's something that oftentimes is thought of as not that important. And, and you may say, well, this is a different scenario today than they had then. Um, obviously, the gospel that was probably preached at this time was probably wildly different than the you know, different forms of the gospel that we hear today that we all generally accept. Um, but let me just share with you a little bit about what these differences were. Um, these Judaizers, they were coming in. They were saying, yes, we believe in Jesus. Um, we believe that he's the son of God and that he died and rose again um, and that he saved you from your sins. Um, as long as you believe in that and you follow the Jewish customs um, and rituals, um, as long as you are circumcised and have the proper diet, um, then, then, then Jesus Christ has saved you. That sounds kind of similar to what Paul was preaching. But the difference is that they're adding on something to the gospel. There's a very small difference in what is being said to them. Both are agreeing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he came to save. But 
these people who are now preaching in the church in Galatia are saying the reason he will save you is that you're following these Jewish laws. Yes, Jesus Christ saved you if you're circumcised and you follow this diet. But that's adding on to the gospel. And by adding something on to the gospel, you're actually taking away something of the gospel. So I want to talk about how a lot of times we do this today. But as I go into the ways that we that we may add on to the gospel today, um, I want us to remember just this difference between this, this passage in Galatians and the passage in Philippians and the difference between uh, Paul's reactions of the two and a vastly different reaction. One here, he's angry, and the other one, he's rejoicing. Two opposite reactions when the real issue at hand was the accuracy of the gospel presented. It had nothing to do with the presenter, with the sin that is in with everybody. Um, it had everything to do with the accuracy and the truth of the gospel that was being preached. Now let's talk about ways that we oftentimes um, change the gospel today. There are some common ways that, that we add on to the gospel to change it. Um, and so the first one of these, uh, if you follow on your screen, here's some kind of bullet points here. Um, some churches implicitly or explicitly teach that we're saved by our faith. Um, and this sounds kind of normal. This sounds kind of good. Uh, but what this is talking about here is that salvation is coming. Salvation comes to those who have a strong faith um, with the love of God. And the problem is the object by which they're saved. Instead of being saved by the saving work of Jesus and then the saving work of God, um, you're saved by faith. We're saved through faith but not by faith. Um, and if you put too much emphasis on the faith, then that becomes a work um, and is not a, a gospel of grace. Um, this is honestly a really common one today. Um, a lot of times, it, you know, I'm sure it's in our church, it's in a lot of churches where people feel like their salvation is dependent upon how much faith that they have. It's the belief that saves them, not Jesus that saves them. Um, Jesus is a part of that, but really it only is effectual if you have the right kind of faith. Another way in which we add to the gospel, um, that some churches add to the gospel, is that they say that, and they teach that, it's not as important exactly what you believe as long as you're a loving and good person. This is liberal Christianity, okay? And I'm not talking about liberal politics here, so don't get me confused. Liberal Christianity talks about the teachings of Christianity and living a good life and loving people well. Um, it focuses on the morality of our faith, um, but not on the message of what's happened. Um, not the message of Christ, but rather what Christ believed and what we should believe and, and, and the implications of those beliefs on our behavior. Um, so as long as you're a good person and you're loving people well, 
you're going to be fine. But there's a couple faults in this. First is that this is a merit-based salvation. Um, this downplays how sinful we are, um, which it gives no hope to bad people who know they're bad. Um, and honestly, it makes Jesus' death on the cross pretty unnecessary for people who are generally think they're pretty good people. Secondly, it teaches a kind of love that comes out in the form of tolerance. We see this a lot today. I know y'all see it a lot today. Uh, it's not good, you know, the good thing is to be tolerant and accepting of everybody. It's loving to somebody if you're tolerant of them. Tolerance is what love is. Um, but, you know, that sounds kind of nice, and in a sense it seems reasonable to some extent. Seems, it seems good, honestly. Uh, but the problem is it's, that's contrary to the gospel, which challenges people to see their sin. If everybody is tolerant of everybody's sin, then there is no sin. And if there's no sin, then there's no grace. Without a sense of our own sin and evil in our lives, the grace of God will not be transforming. Um, this changes the gospel. If you teach that if you're a good person and you're loving people well, um, first it's saying, hey, you can be good enough to save yourself. There's no need for Jesus. Um, and secondly, it, it changes our culture into, into a culture of tolerance at all costs. Um, that changes Christianity drastically in a, in a bad way. If there's so much tolerance that there's not a, nobody's able to see their own sin, then you're not going to be able to feel that guilt, and you're not going to be able to feel God's grace upon you. God's grace becomes um, incapable of transforming lives. The last way in which we add to the gospel, this is probably closest to what was happening in the church of Galatia that we just read. Um, this is the third kind of addition that we see where churches become very strict about dress, diet, ritual observances. Um, it's kind of legalism. Um, it says that, yes, there's grace, but also you have to do this. There are standards as well. There's grace, but there's also standards that you have to keep in order to receive grace. Um, and this is what was happening in the church of Galatia at the time. And this is what made Paul so furious. Is that he, Essentially, these teachers were saying, yes, we believe in Jesus. We believe that he died on the cross for sins. Uh, but also, uh, you need to be doing these things if you want to be saved. This is an obvious... This is an obvious problem with the gospel here. Um, if you're adding to the gospel, you're not accepting the gospel as this. It, it leaves the gospel with no power. Um, so I want to talk about how do you make sure that you understand the gospel in a true way, in an accurate way. Because if you're adding to a gospel, then it's not the gospel. It's a different message. It's not the gospel. So how do you make sure that you understand the gospel and that you're able to share a true and accurate gospel. Here's, here's three simple ways that really help you guide the ways you talk about the gospel. The first one, um, the gospel is not an idea about salvation. It's something that has been done. What this means is that a lot of people think about Christianity and they're like, oh, that's just an idea about salvation. You know, you believe these certain things, you have a certain theology. 
that's what the gospel is. That's what, that's how you are saved, is that you believe all these ideas, um, and you need to believe these in order to be saved. No, the gospel is not a bunch of messages about ideas. Instead, it's a message about something that has been done. Secondly, the gospel is not something that you can earn. It's a gift of grace from God. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You can't earn it. It's only a gift of grace of God. If you stray on that, if, if you think you earn it in some ways, or you think you deserve it in some ways, then it's not gospel. The third thing is that the power of, God, of the gospel is only applicable if you can admit that you are completely powerless. That seems weird. There's a couple different you know, powers here. There's the power of the gospel and the power of man. Okay, The power of the gospel is only applicable in you if you can admit that you're completely powerless. This shows a complete trust in the gospel for salvation. And what this means is it's the reversal of of the weak and the strong. You become strong by admitting you are weak. If you think there's something in you that that makes you good enough or strong enough to get into heaven, you're not applying the gospel to yourself. Because the gospel is a harsh me- is a harsh message. It's about admitting that you're weak. That you can't live up to the standard. Nobody can. And so the power, the saving power of the gospel is only applicable to you if you can admit that you're completely powerless. So basically, the gospel is, in summary, God descended into earth in human form and gave himself to save sinners. He died on the cross and rose from the grave three days later in order to pay for the sins of those whom he chose to have grace upon. If you want it in simple verses put together, we know these verses. I'll, I'll read them out loud in, in this order. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the penalty of sin is death. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we look at, back at those passages in Philippians and Galatians about how Paul reacts to these different presentations of the gospel, um, he is rejoicing in the presentation of the gospel even of the people that he despises he does not like those people they are hurting him and they're evil people this is in philippians they're evil people but they are still presenting the gospel accurately and truly and because of this paul rejoices that's what he's about he wants the truth of the gospel proclaimed Flip over to Galatians again, and we see a completely different reaction. The gospel is being presented in a slightly different way than he presented it. If we go back to this verse, it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Those are strong words. Those are fighting words. Um... The thing is, they apply even to himself. They apply even to the angels from heaven. What Paul is saying here is that if anybody, no matter who, if anybody comes to you and says this is gospel and then proceeds to give you a version of the gospel that is different than the version of the gospel that Paul had given to the church, then 
Let them be accursed. Those are strong words. Um, strong words for very slight differences in the gospel. Which, remember, the, the gospel that was being preached there was pretty much Paul's gospel plus Jewish rituals. Very small difference. In a sense, it's small. and In another sense, it's, it's a big difference. Because when you add to the gospel, it's not the gospel anymore. Paul is angry because the gospel is being preached in an untrue manner. And he's astonished that this church in Galatia is kind of believing this other gospel. They're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. These guys were persuaded that there needed to be something added to the gospel. And that's a lot of what we face today. Today it's not good enough to admit that we're completely weak and that we need the saving power of Christ to save us. And it's not because we have enough faith. It's because he had enough grace. And that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing message. But it's not good enough for a lot of people today. They want to change it. They want to make it about, oh, yes, I know that Jesus saved me. Um, and I'm, you know, trying to be good. I'm trying to love people well so that he, you know, thinks I'm good enough to get into heaven. You know, that's what we hear a lot today. Um, and the thing is, you know, say, well, what's true for you, man? That's, that's all right. That's good. You do you. If it's true for you, I'll do what's true for me. Um, there's a relative truth. And we'll all be happy if we all just kind of are cool with each other in our own truths. Um, that's, that's a gospel of tolerance that is contrary to the true gospel. Because the true gospel calls us to recognize our sin. The true gospel calls us to, to be guilty of our sin. And to admit that we're weak and that we can't defeat our sin. And that we can't stop sinning. When we do those things, the power of the gospel is revealed because we're saved despite our weakness, despite our sin. It's because God had enough grace to cover that sin. So here's the deal, y'all. It's so easy for all of us to be influenced by the culture around us, to be told that the gospel is more than that, more than just the saving power of Jesus Christ. Um, all of us hear that it's really just about love, right? Have y'all heard this before? It's, it's really about how well you love your neighbor. And is it really loving of your neighbor if you tell them that they're not good enough? That's not loving. That's not nice. And if something's not nice, then it's not loving. That's what we hear. Um, but ultimately, um, the truth in the gospel can be a tough truth. But it's also an amazing truth. And as you go about life, I think we ought to think about the gospel and, and question our own knowledge of the gospel and our own accuracy of the gospel. Because clearly, Paul gets really angry when something is wrong about the gospel. He says if something's a little bit off about the gospel, then it's completely bogus. You can't have anything wrong. It's important to be accurate about the gospel more than anything. Um, so it's constant. It's good to be constantly questioning 
um, whether you have a proper understanding of what the gospel is. And if you think that any way you might be adding to the gospel, then you need to do some serious thinking about whether you are fully relying upon Jesus Christ or whether you're adding a little bit to that, if you're adding yourself at all to that. If you guys have questions about this, I'd love to talk to you about that because um, it is certainly a big issue and topic today that affects all of y'all. Feel free to contact me about that. For now, I'd love to pray for us and then we'll get going with an activity here. Um, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for these students um, and the time that we have together each week. Um, despite the fact that we're separated physically, um, we thank you that we can come together through technology and that you've provided us a way to be in community with one another and to hear your word and, and to rejoice in your word together. Um, which thank you for, for all that you've done to keep us safe and to provide for us during this time. Uh, we, praise, we pray for those in our community who um, are not feeling safe right now and who are not being provided for. Maybe the people who are sick or, or struggling financially due to um, the impact of COVID. Pray for them. We want to lift them up to you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the GPC Youth Podcast.